What's going on, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here with Cheesehead TV, joined for one last time this season anyway by Andy Herman to talk some football. Andy, a sudden end to what felt like a magical run there for about a month and all came kind of crashing down last night against the Lions. And I just wanted to open with what I thought was a perfect encapsulation by Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here, but essentially saying that all the things that had hurt them throughout the year hurt them last night. And I thought that was pretty succinct and to the point. Everything that had given them issue throughout the season kind of reared its ugly head throughout the proceedings against the Lions. It did, and it's frustrating for a multitude of reasons, first of which is they brought their team that lost seven games out of eight uh, to the final game of the season, not the one that just you know won four games in a row and had easily their best game of the season against Minnesota. I think it's disappointing that you did just come off your best win of the season, uh, finally played complimentary football. We didn't see those same mistakes rear their ugly head for one of the first times throughout the course of a game, and you couldn't back it up week to week. And ultimately, this is also something that's been a bit of a, I don't know, bugaboo for lack of a better word, for Matt LaFleur-led teams, is that the thing that has caused them issues at the start of the season is the thing that's ultimately ended them at the end of the season. And you want to talk about whether it's traveling to the West Coast uh, in his first year when they lost to San Francisco and uh, I think it was San Diego at the time on the road, get blown out. What happens in the NFC Championship, same thing. Whether you want to talk about, you know, last year where special teams was clearly the biggest issue all season long and they never fixed it and it killed them at the absolute worst time. Or this year, just whether it was the the off coverages of the Z, you know defense that we saw late in the game in this game again, whether it was the lack of blocking, the I mean, we just could stop at red zone because red zone was the such red a zone in this My game. My goodness, and it just killed them all year long. So uh, the 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 inability to see the mistakes happen through the course of the regular season and then correct them and get them to the point where they need to be by the end of the year, um, that's starting to become to me a, a more significant concern. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the red zone because for everything that they did during the kind of streak that they were on leading into this game, you still saw that as an issue, right? We definitely saw it in Miami. Uh, you know, it has not disappeared. No. And I think you know, it's funny because we can talk about, you know, what they choose to call. And I know Matt referenced the run plays early and those weren't very successful and what have you. And I have my qualms with running out of the gun and as much as they do it. And you can talk about the efficiency there or whatever, but ultimately everything they wanted to do on offense last night, kind of from, to my eyes kind of got derailed. And I I know Rogers didn't play his best game, but for me, the real culprit last night was the offensive line, which was a shock considering how well they had been playing the last month or so, certainly since the Jets game when they had the reshuffle, right? And they kicked Jenkins back over to the left side. Since that moment, they've gotten better and better week after week up front until last night. It all came crashing down. I don't care if it was Yash. Both guards, I thought, played poorly. Josh Myers was as inconsistent as he's been all season, which is saying something. I think David was like the one kind of, bright spot there per usual yep per usual but to me that was a shock to the system because look you can you know go up and down with the the calls and the what they wanted to do kind of schematically and none of it matters if you can't get it blocked up and they could not get anything working up front against the lions and to me that was the game and that was a shock 
Uh, not to bring up something from the past that we all know and love, but Mike McCarthy got a lot of flack from time to time when he brought up fundamentals over right. and over right. and over again. But Mike knew at the end of the day that when things weren't going well, you go back to square one and you focus on the fundamentals. Can we block better? Can we tackle better? And this has been a consistent issue for this team of just kind of getting better, blocking and tackling, going back to the fundamentals. Packers fundamentals were awful in this game. They couldn't block up front. They couldn't tackle on the back end, things that they've had issues with. And going back to where we started this conversation with the red zone offense, you know, you have, you have two things at play here, right? This is not an offensive line that is a physical mauling offensive line. It's not to say they're bad. They have their strengths in pass protection. They certainly had moments, uh, certainly throughout the course of this year and even in this game. Uh, but they're not a, a mauling physical offensive line that's going to blow you off the ball and push you into the end zone and power in. Um, and then you don't have a, a like a, a go-to receiving threat in the end zone either. It's not like you've got a guy that's going to go up and, and moss people. Maybe Christian Watson becomes that guy eventually. We've seen him on a couple of different occasions, but um, you don't necessarily have a go-to you know red zone end zone threat either. So um, there's just things that this team is going to have to figure out from an identity standpoint, both on offense and defense. And I think red zone and just physicality is going to probably be one of the big ones that they have to look at this offseason. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that. And look, it's not to completely absolve, say, you know, Matt or the quarterback who both I don't think covered themselves in glory last night. But no. again, if you can't get whatever it is you're trying to do conceptually, if you can't get it blocked up, like good luck, you're, you're going to be, you know, you're already behind the eight ball, so to speak. And that does, you know, bringing up the quarterback. It's interesting to me. You talk about identities, right? And last night, as we talked about it, kind of in microcosm of the season, right? All the issues, a lot of it stems to my eyes from how they've built the offense around this quarterback. Yeah. And if you're going to be an RPO-based system, if you want to run as much out of the gun as you do because you want to leave options open for the quarterback to throw it, et cetera, well, then, yeah, you've got to be better uh, at being able to move people off the ball to uh, being a little bit more physical up front because if that's your M.O., you know, you, the fun, uh, you're saying the fundamentals up front have to be better. All of that said, there were plenty of opportunities for Aaron to make plays in this game where – I just think Aaron Glenn really did a number on him uh, as far as the amount of times he went three-man rush that Aaron Rodgers looked like, you know, a younger quarterback who had not seen this kind of thing uh, throughout his illustrious 18-year career. Uh, he got away with one thrown out to the right sideline that probably yep, should have been Jones, yep. And then he did throw a pick that got wiped out by the hands of the face penalty to Bakhtiari, which was legit, but he still threw a terrible ball. I mean, yep. those are plays that, again, to me, it's shocking to see Aaron Rodgers making those throws. And then, of course, at the end, the final third down, Glenn goes against everything he's done all night and sends heavy pressure. I think it was the most people he sent throughout the proceedings. Yeah. And, you know, you can talk about, yes, A.J. Dillon probably should stay, you know, in the center. You want to work from inside out. Um, but who knows what his key is there? I, it looks like he's got something very specific. He's going over to the left, left side for whatever. But Aaron Rodgers, again, in the very height, the moment, the biggest moment of the game of the season, even chucks it up as we've seen. He just panics. And I've seen people say, well, what is he supposed to do? Where's his check down? Whatever. Take the sack. Aaron Rodgers. How many times have we seen this guy be smart with the football? His whole career has been risk adverse. Taking, knowing when to take the sack and just punt it away, trust your defense. But instead, you talk about hero ball. 
he just, I mean, the I mean, that was the epitome of Watson down there somewhere. Yeah, I, a, I mean, that's the third year in a row, to my eyes, where Rodgers has essentially just thrown it away in a panic uh, on his last throw of the season. Yeah, as Ben Fennell pointed out, a very Brett Favre to Brian Dawkins-esque throw. Very Brett very Favre. Very eerily similar on that play. Uh, I want to point out, first of all, uh, I think that the nuance that you've hit on throughout this is that the, it's not just one person, right? Offensive line, Matt LaFleur, never is. Brian never Gutekunst, is. Aaron right. Rodgers. We can, we, we've discussed all of it. Aaron, you know, AJ Dillon potentially not getting a, a free blitzer, all of it. There's, there's, there's plenty and plenty of blame to go around in this game. But as Matt LaFleur mentioned in his post-game press conference, the quarterback is often the one that's going to get more credit than he deserves in good times and more blame than he probably deserves in bad times. This is a quarterback that is the highest paid quarterback in football. That is one of the, you know, arguably the greatest of all time, at least in that conversation. And when he's had these opportunities late in games and must win situations, as of late, he has not come up with those moments that this team is expecting him to come up with. And I think we've seen a very, very different Aaron Rodgers this year. Listen, passing yards, it, it's not a stat that ultimately matters at the end of the day. Go out and win football games, be efficient, all that stuff. But like if Aaron Rodgers, is not accidentally walking into a 300-yard game over the course of a 17-game season. And right. even going back to week 10, week 10 of last year was the last time he had a 300-yard game. Something's just not right, whether that's with the offense, whether that's with Aaron, whether that's with the meshing of both of those two things. Something is just not right if Aaron's not getting to that. Um, you know, this was another opportunity in another game where there were opportunities there to hit plays. Got a couple of pass interference calls, which would have helped uh, that yard. I guess the one uh, early in the sure. game would have helped right. cool. the, the yep. yardage a little bit. But man, you've you've got those opportunities to go out and win the game. It didn't happen, and in in my opinion, Aaron has to be better. And Aaron can definitely get called out for the way that he played in this win. Uh, I think you uh, retweeted somebody last night actually who said it very very well of like. If you look ultimately at this game, I don't I don't think most are going to get to the conclusion of this game was Aaron Rodgers' fault completely, and he's oh, no. ultimately no the reason that they lost this game. But far more often than not, in these situations, he hasn't been the reason that they've won the game, and that is just as concerning. And that is what you've built your entire team around. That, exactly. to me, is where the crux of the issue, right? The entirety of the roster is built around Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? The decisions you make, Every single offseason, including this past one, are about Aaron Rodgers. You don't hand him the contract that you handed him for him to get flustered in the biggest moment of the season. I'm sorry. I know that sounds harsh or I'm blaming him or whatever, but that's a reality of the NFL. You know, and look, there's zero, zero, zero doubt in my mind as how I led this video. The offensive line, if you have to point to one thing, if you have to, it's the offensive line for me. Yeah. But that said... The quarterback is the most important position, not only in the game of football, but in probably all of sports, just because of the control he has over the situation, play after play, the ball's in his hand every single time. And especially when you're talking about a quarterback who has been given the plaudettes and has been thrown the roses that, oh, he's the smartest in the game. He knows everything. He's seen it all. How many times have we heard Aaron's seen it all? Last night, it looked like he'd never seen anything, not a thing. And he kept playing into Aaron Glenn's hands. So, yeah, it, it's it's frustrating when you see a quarterback who you know has the pelts on the wall and you've seen him do it time and time again. But now those times are so few and far between. It it, it obviously drives the speculation of what the Packers are going to do going forward. I don't want to talk about that here and now because we're going to focus Agreed. on the game. But 
it, 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 it's upon us now. You know, that's going to be the next couple months. Um, you talk about, you know, the people he's throwing to. Uh, he was definitely let down early in this game. Lazard's drop. Dylan had a drop where he legit just has to turn around. He's going to have a first down. Um, you know, it will be fascinating to see how they continue developing this wide receiver core, regardless of who's that quarterback. Um, I suspect, and it sure sounded like his from his comments at this locker after the game, that we've seen Alan Lazard's last game in a Packers uniform. I, I really appreciate his kind of growth and narrative, but I don't think that's the world's worst thing. I think the Packers have to do better, and I, I know that sounds harsh, but man, you talk about an inconsistent player who you counted on a lot and does a lot of good things. You saw it again last night on some of the run plays. But man, they have to improve there. I think he, he's a good receiver but they can do better. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So I think a couple things, right? Like, like you said, Alan Lazard, solid receiver. He's done his job more often than not. Solid blocker, does a lot of the dirty work. There's stuff that, um, and, he, and he's gotten credit for those things too. So I don't, I'm not saying that he hasn't, but right. um, you can always use a player like Alan Lazard on your team. That being, and same thing like with a Mercedes, like Mercedes Lewis might have been my favorite player on the team this entire year. Like he grinded out, block, just doing everything that needs to get done to make everyone around him better. But at some point, your offensive players need to make plays like your, your skill position players need to make plays. That is what they are ultimately being paid for. And that is what they ultimately have to go out and do to make the job of the quarterback a little bit easier. And you at times this season just had too many guys that, yeah, maybe they could catch a, a pass if they were schemed open a little bit here or there, but they don't have the explosivity. They don't have the run after the catchability. They're not going to make guys miss in the open field. You run out and, and uh, Robert Tunyon clearly coming off of a torn ACL. I actually thought we saw maybe his best two games in the last Easily. Two I mean, you talk about finally kind of turning the corner from that injury, right? I mean, the exactly. catch he has, uh, you know, from the slot on the right side there, that's that's oh, Robert Tunyon. I mean, Absolutely. that's it. That's Absolutely. what you're looking for. You've exactly. been hoping for all season, right? But, right. but if you look at the entirety of the season, Robert Tunyon's not that guy. Mercedes Lewis isn't that guy. Josiah DeGuar is not that guy. AJ Dillon, more often not your explosive guy. And again, not saying he's right. not good, but he's not that explosive guy. Lazard's right. not that guy. Watkins wasn't that guy. Amari wasn't that guy. Like you just have too many all you know, like weapons that you are putting out in the field that can't be playmakers. And the hope clearly is that guys like Dobbs and Watson and Aaron Jones, if he's back and um, you, maybe you add a receiver here and there, maybe Toure can develop, but like those guys can ultimately be playmaking guys that can make people miss, that can get down the field. And that's what can ultimately open up this offense. So I love what Matt LaFleur has done with those guys. And I think they always will have a part in this system, but you got to have playmakers. And unfortunately, Allen's just not more often than not been that in his career. Totally agree. And it is fascinating to watch a team like the Lions, 
who you know they have obviously St. Brown is an excellent wide receiver, right? But it's not like you look at them and think, oh, they have this incredible cupboard full of weapons for their quarterback. Yet the way they played is exactly how we expected the Packers to play this season, as far as they're going to be efficient with the football, they're going to run the, the ball, and then they're going to take really calculated smart shots, which Goff did on that one where he's rolling to his left, pressures in his face, he throws back across deep, gets it down to the one yard line, and they punch it in from there. Like those are the kinds of things I thought we were going to see from the Packers this year. And it goes back to your point about physicality and things of that nature. I mean, you look at that Lions team, that is a team that is really disciplined, well coached, and kind of the antithesis of the Packers, where it's boom or bust. And there's not a lot of efficiency and there's not a lot of kind of fun, you know, a focus on fundamentals. And I do wonder, like, what kind of microscope needs to be kind of thrown across this roster. I mean, you talk about explosiveness, you know, the, you don't absolutely need it as far as like every single guy can't be, you know, a blue chipper. We all know yeah. that, but man, you got Christian Watson and he's a field tilter. There's no doubt about it. That puts you ahead of the game. Dobbs, we know he's got something, uh, but outside of that, your guy should be Aaron Jones. And now we got to talk about the fumbling problem because it is a problem. Now, this season, it became a problem. And yeah. he's had big fumbles uh, before. We all know it. It's not, you know, it's, it was definitely well covered on Twitter last night. But it's fascinating to me that, you know, the Packers all-time leading rusher, Amon Green, he was a fumbler. You know, there's, there's no doubt that the Packers have a history here with uh, guys who put the ball on the carpet. But what do you do with Aaron Jones when you know he's your best offensive playmaker, but he has this monster cap hit coming up and you've got this fumbling problem? Because it, like I said, it has gotten worse. And it this year, it was noticeable. I mean, all the other years, even the big fumbles he's had in the past, it was like, mm, it, it's a bit out of character. Like, oh, it's a bad timing for it. This year, I, they just happen way too frequently. And I don't know if that's something like as simple as, okay, if you're running up the left sideline, you got to put the ball in your left yeah, hand. Man. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what the, that was the thing they worked on with Amon Green back in the day. So, but man, it's hard when one of your featured guys is being so careless with the football because the ball is life. You know, we can talk about the quarterback throwing it up interception at the end, but man, the entirety of that game swung on Jones's fumble. So I don't know what, what you do with that because he's so explosive and their offense is so much better when he's in there, but man, you cannot keep putting the ball on the ground the way he has with such regularity. And not in key situations either. And I, so much, and again, I know we don't want to get into the minutia of the offseason here, but like so much of this decision of what they do is going to be tied to Aaron Rodgers. And if he comes back, they're going to want as many of these veteran playmakers back as he can possibly imagine. And right. I'm sure Jones is tied to that in some capacity. And let's just say too that like Aaron Jones, the the player and the person is like, I know, you know, there's the don't pay running backs crowd. I am usually one of those people that are part of that crowd. Like right. Aaron Jones is just one of those guys you want in your locker room, you want on your team, you want on the field. Like he just yeah. makes everything about your organization, your team, the on-field play better. I do think the fumbles is correctable. I do think that's something he can work on in the offseason and get better at. It's not acceptable. It's something that he has to be better at if he is back with the team. But um, I would trust Aaron to get that fixed in the offseason and uh, hopefully move forward and move uh, past that issue. I, I do think he's a tremendous playmaker, arguably the best playmaker they have on the team. So, um, you know, I, even if it's Jordan Love, I would say, like, again, that's a guy that you want in your locker room as you're making any transition moving forward. But it's definitely an issue. And the other thing that I'll add to that too is this is the fourth straight elimination game in which a Packers oh. veteran has had 
a major fumble in the yep. game that you're not expecting. The, in 2019, it was Rodgers and Lindsley, two of your ultimate veteran best players of the year, you know, fumbling an exchange at the snap that gets recovered by the 40 on their first like drive where they've done anything all night in that game. Finally have an opportunity and they fumble that away. 2020 it's Aaron Jones against the Buccaneers again, Aaron in that situation last year, it's Mercedes Lewis when the game like started so great and they're going down to potentially score again. And then this year it's Jones where again, they're up and they have the opportunity to go up maybe double digits going into halftime. All four of those swung the game. I think 2019, the result is probably the same, even without the fumble. I agree. But I think the other three, three might be three wins. If you don't have those three fumbles. I totally agree. I totally agree. And that is like the frustrating aspect is the, that they are veterans and that they are guys, you know, at least with Mercedes, you can say, okay, he doesn't handle the ball a whole lot. So maybe, maybe he just got like, I don't know, you know, but he's still a veteran. He's still played like 16 years. Like you don't expect him to put the ball on the carpet. It's like the most reliable guy in the world too. In the world. And the ball's on the ground. And that's what happened last night. And it did swing the game. Um, One other thing that swung the game and you alluded to it earlier on the defensive side of the ball is the return of the off coverage. And look, everybody knows my stance on this. The more aggressive, the better. I want you pressing. I want you up at the line of scrimmage. I understand there are plenty of instances where you have to play off, right? Bunch sets, things of that nature. Like, I get it. But I have a new theory, Andy, and I wanted to run this by you because it it came to me as I was watching the game today, crying in my my coffee. (laughs) Um, But I, I, I think I've figured it out. You know why this defense, this particular defense plays off coverage on third and like medium or short so often? It's because they go against Aaron Rodgers in practice every single day. And Aaron Rodgers, undoubtedly in practice, because he's doing it in the games, is taking deep shots on third and short. See? See? I've connected the dots. So they are always ready for the shot play. On yeah. third and short. And teams are like, uh, okay, thanks. We'll and then they just run a three yard out and then it's yeah. an easy completion. Obviously, I'm kind of joking. I'm I'm although although I think there's something there. But man, it, yeah, that the there was one in particular where they just kind of brought a guy in motion and we brought our corner along, and then they just had the guy who was in line just release, like literally just get up out of his stance, release outside, completely uncontested, and it was like easy first down. At yeah. that point. It just, I was having major flashbacks to the Tennessee game. It was the Titans game all over again. And I don't know what needs to happen. I don't know what chip needs to be adjusted in Joe Barry's kind of matrix. But, man, how that's allowable repeatedly just blows my mind. And as we've talked about before, it's situational football, right? Like, listen, like first and second downs and some of those situations where you want to play off coverage, make sure you're not giving up the big plays. Like, totally get it. Totally understand it. That is not a Packer thing. That's not a Joe Barry thing. That is an NFL league-wide thing. It's NFL football. Exactly. Right. But the goal is to finally get into those third down situations where you have an opportunity to get off the field. And those are the situations where you want to be like, all right, time to go. This is where we like man up. This is where we're going to press. This is where we're going to get in people's faces. And you know what? If Jared Goff hits one over the top on us and, you know, again, tip your cap and, and give some kudos to the offense too. But like, my goodness, like if you get off the field on that play, you get the ball back. You have the opportunity uh, to go again and score an offense. But like, 
again, it's, it's just situational football. It has to be better. And those are the plays. And, and again, if you want to throw a curveball every once in a while where you're showing press man and then you go in off zone, you bail out. Again, totally. Like that's going to happen from time to time. You're like good offense is going to be good defense, but you, it's, it's happened far too often in key situations and key circumstances this year. And it just, it's not acceptable, especially in games like that. Yeah, uh, a win or go home situation. How you don't let your guys compete will always be beyond. Especially me. coming like, up I, the week before, where exactly so incredibly well against Justin freaking Jefferson <sighs> in a game where you saw Jair travel with Jefferson, especially early, and then last night we've got Savage running around trying to man up with St. Brown. What are we doing? I I just. I mean, the number of times I said, what are we doing last night? Probably hit an all-time high because it was uh, it was frustrating to say the least. Talk about frustrating. Holy cow. Somebody's got to get a rain on these defensive dudes and their stupid penalties. Between Quay Walker shoving a trainer and Rasul Douglas doing whatever it was he was doing. I mean, you talk about shooting yourself in the foot. And the frustrating part is, even with all these misgivings, right? Even with the off coverage thing and all the problems and all the frustrations, they played well enough to win that game on defense. Oh, the yeah. way they shut them down in the first half, if the offense can do anything, they're winning that game going away. They played well enough to win, but their own stupidity cost them majorly. And I don't know if that's something that Matt needs to address with Joe and or the team, but holy cow. I don't think, and I know Matt said this at the podium, I said it on Watch Party, I don't ever, ever in my 49 years of watching NFL football ever remember a guy who's been tossed from a game twice in one season. What what are we doing? I, that, to me, you talk about a red flag. I'm sorry, that's a red flag. That stupid penalties like that. That's, I mean, forget the schematic stuff. Forget what guys get maybe beat in the situation, what have not making a play that happens. I understand it, but killing yourself the way they did with those penalties. That's troubling to me. That's something that that's got to get looked at because you, it's hard enough to win in the NFL. How many times have we heard, but oh, it's, it's hard to win in this league. Well, no, shit. especially when you're shooting yourself in the foot. So I don't know. I don't know what they do there, but that's gotta be something they address. Right. I mean, they can't just let that go. And what's remind me, what's the name of the, the Cheesehead TV beer? Carry the G, baby. The antithesis of carrying the G is doing stupid stuff like that. Like I mean, pushing the trainer and like the back. Like with, I mean, and this week, and this, this week, week, I mean, it's pushing it's, the it's trainer really time, but this week it's like literally you could not, I don't even know. Couldn't be worse. Saying. Couldn't be it, dumber. Yeah, exactly. So that's the antithesis of carrying the G. That's got to be a face. I know Matt takes it extremely seriously, but like if it keeps happening, like again, Matt's the, the first one to say, hey, it starts and ends with me. Yeah. I mean, that stuff can't happen. That is indicative of coaching. That is indicative of the discipline of a team as a whole. That is undisciplined football. And Aaron, I, I will say it over and over. I have if I have no issue. Like, go back to 2019. That 49ers team was better than the Packers. They beat the yeah, Packers. No they question. beat the socks off of them. Yep. tip your cap good good for them like that that's going to happen in the nfl i have no issue with that there are just far 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 too many big games for the packers going back to the Favre era the rogers era we could discuss it ad nauseum where the packers beat themselves and this was just another day i like i thought the lions played tough especially minutes after they found out they were eliminated from the playoffs i give them a lot of credit but if Green Bay plays anywhere near their brand of football and just doesn't make really stupid mistakes, 
they win this game going away no and doubt. they beat themselves. And that is what is so hard to stomach because again, I don't, if another team's better and they just beat you at your, at, at, at football, that happens. You tip, you, you tip your cap. Exactly. hundred percent. That's not what's happened. And more often than not, that's not what happened. And that's, that's what's so frustrating and disappointing. You know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the job Detroit did. You talk about playing well and having a plan of completely neutralizing Keyshawn Nixon who they didn't even kick away from. I mean, usually if you have a returner who has been as lights out as Nixon is or has been, you know, a lot of times you will see, okay, just kick it out of the end zone or on punts. We're going to directionally punt it, which they, they did some directional stuff. But, man, on those kickoffs, they they made sure that it was short, that he would take it out. And they had an absolute rock-solid plan to limit his ability to find a crease or get around an edge and – Man, you talk about tipping your cap. They ha- they did an excellent job on neutralizing what had been a major weapon for the Packers over the course of the past like six seven games. They did. I thought the game plan was fantastic against Nixon. They usually punt, you know uh, focused him on one corner on kickoffs, which made things a lot more difficult for him to get going. I also think sometimes when you have some big explosive plays and people are expecting a lot out of you, sometimes you try to do just a little bit too much. And instead yeah. of just getting upfield and getting mm-hmm. as many yards as possible, we saw a little bit more horizontal than we've seen out of Keyshawn Nixon. So that that's apt to happen. There's nothing wrong with it. He he had one nice return up the left side too, but. Um, yeah, Detroit had a great game plan. They executed it. And again, we, we talk about physicality. They were the, the, uh, the lines were going down there with ruthless aggression, punching faces and, and taking names when they were on the on, uh, coverage teams on, on both kicks and punts. And, um, you know, Nixon ended up basically being a non-factor in this game. No doubt about it. Um, all right. I know, uh, you know, we said we're not going to talk about it, but sitting here, we are contractually obligated to get your take. Uh, one day after the Packers season is over, what is your gut feeling as for one Aaron Charles Rogers and what he does, uh, this off season? Will he retire? Will he be back? Will the Packers trade him? What do you, what do you think and feeling? Where's your head at as of today? You know, Aaron, it's just too raw. The game just ended and, (laughs) um, I I honestly, my gut feel is I honestly, I think he probably has a a gut feel, but I I legitimately think he wants the time to think about it and and like make a decision. I don't think he's 100% set one way or the other. And I think he will take time to go through it. I also very much believe Matt LaFleur and when he said that they need to go through this team with a fine tooth comb, this team has three options, right? You, you run it back and you mortgage more from the future and you try to reload for one more year with Aaron you kind of go some sort of middle ground either with Aaron and a bunch of youth around him where, you know, based on his contract, you can't really do much about Aaron, but you know, you can't go in the same direction. You got to start building towards the future or the reverse where you go with Jordan Love, maybe Aaron retires and, but you still want to keep some guys like Bakhtiari and Jones around him. So he's not just totally, you know, out there with nothing or you go the full rip the bandaid mode and it's just um, they decide to go youth and they get rid of all of their veterans and start to get under the salary cap a little bit more. They have three um, very clear directions that they can go in. I honestly don't know which one I, my guess is they want to probably win more. And my guess is they probably want Aaron back. And my guess is Aaron probably wants to play one more year. And that's where I would lean today. Nothing would shock me anymore, especially. I know we- well, that's the thing, right? Like yeah. it, none, none of it would be a surprise. I, any one of those directions is feasible and would not surprise me. I'm with you. I think he wants, he'll, he'll be back for one more year. Is my guess go. sitting that's here my, right now. My right now. I, we'll see. We'll wake up tomorrow. There'll be an announcement. He's retiring, but <laughs> check, uh, check Twitter quick. Uh, exactly. Just make sure. Um, 
Andy, I really, really appreciate these chats every day after the game throughout the season. Obviously, I'll be checking in with you throughout the offseason. Make sure you're checking Andy's work, Packaday Podcast, clearly at Cheesehead TV, but 24-7 Sports and everything else he does. Man, you are the man. You're the myth. You're the legend. Packer Report, all of it. Uh, I can't thank you enough, man. Thank you so much for chatting with me each and every week. You bet. Can't wait for next year, and I'll talk to you soon.